0: Well, it's, uh, it's very good to see you all. Um, I By by way of uh, introduction, kind of what's going on with me, classes are going well, um, grades are good, and ministry is going exciting over there. And I'm uh, just looking forward to sharing with you all uh, some of what God's been doing in my heart. I always like the opportunities to preach um, after a long period of time, because you really get to share kind of the burden that's been welling up in your heart with the people. And uh, so what I'm sharing with you is really what God's been doing in my heart, most especially in the last few weeks, and I hope it's a blessing for you all. So at school, we have our DBS Bible studies, and each DBS Bible study has a vision statement. We at this church have had vision statements before for our Bible studies, and our particular vision statement is our Bible study group exists to discover Jesus and his word, obey Jesus in our walk, and share Jesus with our world. And to that I would add, so that we can make disciples. This vision statement isn't just true for our Bible study group, but this vision statement is true for every Christian and for every church. So if I can just restate it again, our church, we exist to discover Jesus in his word, obey Jesus in our walk, and share Jesus with our world so that we can make disciples. So the question is, I want to ask is, how are we doing on that? Is that something that we're doing well in accomplishing that vision that God has for us? It's not something unique to Falls Baptist Church or to Shano Baptist Church. It's something unique for every Christian. It's something that God wants every Christian to be part of doing. Discovering Jesus in his word, obeying Jesus in our week, and sharing Jesus in our world for the purpose of making disciples. And the Bible actually gives us a 100% sure method of accomplishing this. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, or maybes about it, but God actually gives us a 100% method how this will be accomplished in our lives. You might be thinking already what passage is he going to, and you might have guessed it, but if we could turn to John 15, that would be good so we can all see what we're reading there. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Will you pray with me here this evening? Dear Lord Jesus, I I do just thank you for your word. I thank you for uh, the promise that you give. I thank you for the vision for our lives that you've given us. And I just pray that as the scripture is unfolded here tonight, Lord, that you would speak to individual hearts and that you would uh, take the vision that you've given us and that you would uh, help us each to personalize it for ourselves, Lord, so that we can uh, take the life that you've given us and that we could use it uh, for for your purposes, Lord. Uh, and I just pray that, uh, that you would be with me tonight as I'm speaking to the people. And in Jesus' name, amen. So the first point that I'd like us all to notice is the power for fruit-bearing. And that's found in verse 4 and 5. It says, Abide in me, and I in you. The first thing that we need to know if we're going to bear fruit is the fact that what is dependent upon our bearing fruit is the vine. So Jesus is giving us an illustration here of how the fruitful Christian life is paralleled to a healthy branch or to a healthy vine, grapevine, that's bearing fruit. So just like the reason that the vine is able to bear fruit is because of a healthy vine, the power being given from the vine to the branch to bear fruit. Just like us, what enables us to bear fruit in our life is when we're plugged into the life of Jesus. It's, the, it's the, the vine's power that enables us to bear fruit. It's Jesus. Our bearing fruit, it doesn't first and foremost depend on us and how well we're doing, but it depends on the very life of Jesus. If everyone in here is saved, but I'm confident that we all are, at least that have been old enough to understand the gospel, we have Jesus. And the fact is, is if Jesus can bear fruit, so can we. It doesn't depend on us. When we are bearing fruit, it's the literal life of Jesus flowing through us. So if Jesus could bear fruit in his life, then we too can bear fruit in our lives. One thing I want to point out is the word abide. So in Greek, there's, there's something that are called moods. Okay? We don't have a mood in English for our verbs. But in Greek, we do. There, there's four moods, and this, this mood is in the imperative mood. So of the four moods in Greek, three of them deal with volition, or the mind. They deal with how you think. And one, the one of the four, which is what this verb is here, abide, is the imperative mood. And the imperative mood deals with the will. So God isn't just saying, you know, think about abiding, but he's actually giving you a, a choice of the will. So it's something that we can each make the choice of whether or not we will abide. So the question I I ask for you is, are you plugged into the life of Jesus? Are you allowing his word, his life to flow through you? And God promises that when we abide in him, that we will bear much fruit. Just like we can't bear fruit of ourselves. The the verse says, As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in, in the vine, No more can ye except ye abide in me. If we're not plugged into the vine, we can't bear fruit. But if we are plugged in, we will bear fruit. The next thing that I want to point out is the perfecter of fruit bearing, and that's the Father. So if you look with me in verse 2 and 3, it says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The first thing I want us to see about the perfect of the Father is that he perfects us through pastoral care. We see there in verse 2, that every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now that, that word take away, it's the Greek word airo. In that word, it literally means to lift up. So God the Father is not saying, if you're not bearing fruit, then I'm just going to kick you out, you're no good to me. God is saying, when you're in that state of not bearing fruit, he's coming to you by a pastoral care, and he's lifting you up to a point where you can bear fruit. These, uh, the, bear, the beareth not fruit, it's also in the, in the present tense. Okay? The present tense indicates ongoing and continual action. So it's not a one-time thing that just happened, but it's something that is ongoing and continual. He says, Every branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, or he lifts it up. And that lifting up or that taking away verb that we see there, that iro, iro is in the present tense as well. So the point here is for every single time that we're bearing not fruit, God is lifting us up. The point is, is that we can never get past the grace of God. For every single time, there's a proportional amount of times that we're not bearing fruit, that God will lift you up, that he'll encourage you, that he'll restore you to a place of usefulness yet again. No matter how many times you've slid back, no matter how far you may seem to have gotten from God, God will always be in a spot to where he's continually lifting you up and he's never going to give up on you. And that's God's promise to each and every one of us. The next thing I want to point out is the Father's perfecting work through purging. If we look at the second part of verse 2, it says, Then every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it bring forth more that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So what the Father does to those that are bearing fruit is uh, he purges them or he makes them clean. It says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. That word purge and that word clean in verse 3, they're the same exact word. It's the 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 word catharidzo, which means to rinse or to clean. And the, 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 the sponge, if we would, that God uses to clean us is his word. So if us as, as individual Christians, if we want to bear fruit with our lives, we need to put ourselves in contact with the word of God, with that which purges us, with that which cleans us, with that, with that which makes us pure. And the simple application point is how much contact are you giving yourself with the word of God? If you want to be a fruit-bearing disciple, then the de the, the facto thing that you must do is put yourself in contact with the Word of God. Are you reading your Bible in the morning at some point during the day and are you making church a priority? The different preaching services and Bible study times that we have in church, is that a priority in your life? The disciple that wants to bear fruit in his life, he will give himself exposure to the Word of God so that the Father can purge him and that he can bring forth not just fruit, but more fruit. And the final point that I, that I want to bring forward to us today is the conditions for fruit-bearing. And this is really, if there was, I think, one verse that summarizes the entire message that I'm bringing to you all, it's it found in verse 7. It says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So if you abide in Jesus and his word abides in you, then Jesus promises answer to prayer. And the answer to prayer in, in this verse is in the context of bearing fruit. So God's not just giving us a promise for general answers to prayer, but God's giving us a promise specifically for answered prayer in the realm of fruit bearing. But what are our prayers supposed to be like? First of all, they're supposed to be prayers where we're abiding in Christ, and Christ is abiding in us. To abide in Christ is simply to... Uh, it, it's... A, There's sort of two sides to the same coin in this verse. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. So that's two sides of the same coin. To abide in Christ and to let his word abide in you is simply to obey by grace through faith the promptings that the word gives you it's the word of of god written and it's the word of god spoken by the holy spirit so when you're out and about on your day and the holy spirit prompts you to do something to obey the word of god in some manner is that a prompting that you're obeying and god says when you abide in me and my words abide in you when you're actually living the obedience that god has brought you to throughout your life god promises answered answered prayer and he promises fruit bearing Another condition that God gives us in this context is the condition of uh, the fact that we have to ask. So we're at a prayer meeting tonight. (laughs) This is an opportunity for us all to ask. If we're not asking and if we're not abiding, then we're not going to see fruit born in our lives. So... In your personal time with God, do you make a point to pray for divine appointments, to pray for lost people in your realm of influence, and to pray for Christians in your realm of influence that need strengthening? If you want to be a fruit-bearing disciple, those are things that you have to do. When you go to prayer, it's not a self-dependent, I just got to pray. It's abiding in the vine so that the vine can lead you how to pray so that fruit can be born in your life. And I the next part that I want to point out is probably the most important part to this whole abiding and asking equation. It says, If, my words abide, if, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. The word I want to focus on is that word will. So in 1611, uh, the word will, it carries the nuance that I'm going to bring out now, but it's the idea of desire. It's the word epithumia, that is the same exact word that we see uh, in James where, where every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his lust. Very often that word is translated lust. So it's, it's not meaning lust in, in an impure way, but it's meaning uh, a desire that you actually want it. So my question for you is, do you actually want to bear fruit? It's not good enough just to abide in Christ. It's not good enough just to walk in obedience to his word. It's not just good enough to ask to bear fruit, but do you actually desire fruit to be born in your life? And I think this is oftentimes one of our big hang-ups. We look at our schedule. We see how busy we are. We see all of our responsibilities and our obligations. And we can think, I don't have time to invest in a life. When you've led a person to Christ, they're a baby. Every mother in here can attest to how much work a baby entails. Every father as well. And sometimes that fear of commitment to committing ourselves to a new disciple or a a believer that needs strengthening and encouraging, that commitment can make us shrink back. We can say, because all the work that that entails, I really don't want to do that. So we can even go through the motions of asking. We can even go through the motions of obeying the prompting that the Holy Spirit gives us to witness to somebody. But if we don't actually desire that soul to be saved, if we don't actually desire fruit to be born in our lives because of the commitment that it takes, we're not going to see it. If we don't desire what God's asking us to ask, we won't see it. So in conclusion, I want to bring us back to our vision statement. Our church, ourselves as believers, we exist to obey Jesus and his word, To discover Jesus in his word, excuse me, to discover Jesus in his word, to obey Jesus in our week, and to share Jesus with our world so that we can make disciples. If this is going to happen, if we're going to be successful to our vision, we need to evaluate how well we're doing at that vision. And when we evaluate it, are we meeting the parameters that God has set for us? Are we abiding in the vine? Are we letting Christ's life flow through us? Remember, it's not about you. It's about Jesus through you. And if you have Jesus in you, you can win souls. You can see souls saved, and you can see believers strengthened. And if you're abiding, if you're obeying, and if you're asking, then God promises fruit to be born in your life. And if you want that fruit, if it's a commitment that you're willing to take, God promises fruit to be born in your lives. So what I'd like us to pray for tonight, if I can... request something is let the Lord search your heart. Are you abiding in the vine? Are you letting Jesus' life flow through you or is there something clogging that way? Do you desire fruit to be born in your life? If you don't, go to the one who wants to make you willing. It's a totally fine prayer to say, God, I feel too busy. I feel like I can't do this fruit-bearing thing. But God, I'm willing, you, I'm willing for you to make me willing. And when we go to the one who's able to make us willing, he's going to come, he's going to lift us up. He says, "Every branch in me that beareth fruit, he lifts it up, that it may bring forth more fruit."